welcome to The Mind Speaks, a podcast brought to you by the team of clinical psychologists and counselors at The Mind Psychological Services and Training. We look forward to sharing fun interviews, interesting tips and information, and useful resources. We're excited to speak to you soon! Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of The Mind Speaks. In this episode, we'll be talking about mindfulness. This is a word that has been thrown around a lot, but it's often misunderstood. So we'll talk about what mindfulness actually means, why it's helpful, so why we should bother with it, and super simple ways we can practice mindfulness to reap the benefits, but without adding like yet another heavy task to our ever-expanding to-do list. So... What is mindfulness? A lot of people think that mindfulness and meditation are basically the same thing. Well, not really. I mean, meditation is a way you can practice mindfulness, but it's not the only way. Mindfulness is basically the ability to be present and to observe. So it involves, one, awareness of our physical environment and bodily sensations in the present moment. Two, awareness of our thoughts and feelings in the present moment. And three, non-judgmentally paying attention to these thoughts and feelings. It's interesting because research shows that our mind actually wanders about 47% of the time, meaning that for about half of our waking lives, we are here, but our minds are off somewhere else. And that really impacts our mental health. So for example, you could be having thoughts about the past, right? So you're ruminating on mistakes that you may have made um, some time back, like when the waiter says, enjoy your meal, and you say, you too. And all the ways that you could have done things better, this type of psychological time traveling to the past to beat yourself up, um, it often leads to feelings of depression. Or you could be mentally time traveling to the future and thinking about all the ways that things could go wrong. And this leads to feelings of anxiety, right? You worry, you stress about it. So being able to pull yourself back to what's going on right now What's actually happening within you and around you can be incredibly helpful in calming your mind so that you can make decisions and take actions in the only times when you actually have any control over, which is the present, right? So I'll illustrate this with a super unattractive personal example. So every now and then, I finish work, and after a long day, I find myself sitting in front of my TV. I've got Netflix on and a giant bag of chips in my lap. And the next thing I know, I've polished off the whole bag and a bar of chocolate. Hours have passed. I feel way too full. There's crumbs in my hair. And I absolutely do not feel rested or relaxed at all. What's going on here? So if I had been a little bit more mindful in that moment, I might have noticed that the tightness in my shoulders and the feelings of heaviness I had is my body's way of telling me that I am tired or stressed or exhausted after a long day. We often hold emotions in our body and we don't even notice it until it escalates into more serious symptoms like panic attacks or insomnia. So if I had been paying attention to those physical cues and the feelings of heaviness, I would have realized that I wasn't hungry. 
You know, I was tired. I had a long, stressful day. I would have taken a nap,、uh, woke up refreshed, maybe even get a good workout in, and saved my calories <laughs> for some kind of dessert that I can actually taste and enjoy. And this is just one example. There are so many other instances and examples of moments in which, if we had been more aware,、um, it would have been very helpful, so that we can better choose our behaviors and do things that are better for us. So research shows that there's a whole host of benefits. That come with regular mindfulness practice. To begin with,、um, studies show that the more our minds wander, the more unhappy we are, the more vulnerable we become to stress, anxiety, and depression. This relates back to our previous point on how ruminating on past mistakes and worrying about future events impact our mental health. So mindfulness also boosts our working memory. So working memory is.、Um, Our ability to hold information in our minds in order to come up with a solution. So, for example, when you're trying to figure out a math problem that involves working memory, and this makes sense because if we are able to stay in the present, we're able to stay focused. We're better able to hold the information in our mind in order to work out a solution. Mindfulness also improves our ability to focus attention and suppress distracting information. If we're able to Bring our minds to the task at hand. We'll be able to be more productive, more efficient with our time. Regular mindfulness practice also decreases emotional reactivity. This also makes sense because if we are able to observe our thoughts and feelings, we will be able to communicate them better rather than lashing out, behaving impulsively, throwing any kinds of temper tantrums, things like that. Right. So regular mindfulness practice also was found to improve cognitive flexibility. Cognitive flexibility is our ability to think of new solutions rather than trying to use all of the same methods to solve every problem, even though all the problems are different. Right, so with regular mindfulness practice, it's easier for us to take a step back and think. Okay, for this situation, what can I do? How can I adapt? And lastly, regular mindfulness practice has also been found to improve relationship satisfaction. If you're more aware of your needs, you're better able to get them met by communicating. You'll also notice more positive and loving things about your partner. You're better able to enjoy your moments together. So it's also very beneficial to your relationship. Loads of reasons to practice mindfulness, but where do we start? To begin with,、um, pay attention to the word practice. The more we do it, the better we get at it. You want to think of mindfulness as a muscle we want to exercise. It's impossible for us to be present hundred percent of the time. That's just not how our minds work, and probably it's not useful as well. Sometimes we do need to think about the future, and we do need to think about the past in order to work things out and self-reflect. But the more we practice, the stronger our mindfulness muscle gets. The easier it will be for us to pull our minds back to the present when we need to do it. And the reason why mindfulness and meditation are always thought of as similar is because a lot of people use guided meditation as a way to help them start off in their mindfulness practice. The voice helps us focus our intention, and it's not a must. I'll quickly run you through some key areas of mindfulness practice so that you can come up with your own creative ways to practice them. Firstly,、um, a key area is the awareness of your physical environment and your physical body. We want to develop this because engaging our senses pulls us back into the present moment. This is super simple. You can pick absolutely anything that engages your five senses. 
Like, for example, you can make it a point to take a big whiff of your coffee before you drink it in the morning. Look up at the clouds and the sky for just a second when you walk out the door. Pause during your meal to check in with your hunger cues so you can tell how full or how hungry you are. All of these tiny efforts are super easy to do, take very little time, and they help strengthen your mindfulness muscle in the long run. Secondly, non-judgmental awareness of your thoughts and feelings. This is a little bit harder. Half the time, our thoughts are so automatic, we don't even process that they're thoughts. We just accept them as facts and react to them accordingly. So we want to be able to take a step back and observe these thoughts. We also want to be non-judgmental about them meaning we don't judge them as good or bad. For example, um, something I often hear people say is um, they have a feeling, such as sadness, and to them that is bad. They immediately jump to um, saying, that, oh, this is a bad feeling that I need to get rid of. And sometimes this can lead to impulsive behaviors just to distract from the emotions. If we can take a step back and observe them, we can either choose a more helpful way to respond to them or simply let them pass naturally. There are many ways in which we can practice non-judgmentally observing our thoughts. A really nice one that I enjoy is imagining your thoughts and feelings on a sushi conveyor belt and just watching them pass on. Like, ah, there is a I'm not good enough thought nigiri passing by on a red sushi plate. And there is a feeling of shame, maki, going past on a blue sushi plate. So this is a great exercise you can try literally at any time, but it's helpful for moments when you feel like there's just loads on your mind and you want to create mental space in order to feel less overwhelmed. Again, there are many ways to practice mindfulness. You can get creative and pick the ones that suit you in the moment. Just to give you a head start, I've collected a couple of ideas from our team on how they practice mindfulness. Hi, my name is Joanne. I'm a clinical psychologist and a wellness coach. I practice mindfulness by doing a body scan. A body scan allows me to focus on the different parts of the body to become more aware of my bodily sensations, such as any tension, tightness, or discomfort. So you can start off with either lying down or sitting in a comfortable position. Take deep breaths as you bring your attention to the top of your head. Observe any sensations at the top of your head then slowly move your attention down to the different areas of your body. At the same time, noticing how each part feels. Bring this awareness all the way down to your toes. Remember to take deep breaths throughout the body scan. Hi, this is Joel here, clinical psychologist from the Mind Psychological Services and Training. Lev asked me to share a little bit today about how I practice mindfulness in my daily life. So I want to introduce to you guys something called mindful eating. I think for most of us, uh, meal times are something we do on autopilot, right? So as we are shoveling food in our mouths, we are busy scrolling through Facebook, answering an email, taking a phone call, speaking to someone, and we never truly stay in the moment and appreciate the meal that's presented to us, right? So the next time you guys have a meal, take some time to really look at your meal and how it's presented visually, um, appreciate the aromas that you get out of it, and all the nice uh, fanciful uh, smells that you get out of your food. And when you put that first bite in your mouth, really spend some time, a few minutes to really savor the food on, um, as you chew on it, right? The texture, the taste, and the wonderful mouthfeel that you get from that meal itself. So go ahead and give that a try, guys. Um, hope you enjoy yourself. Have fun. 
Hi everyone, I'm Jean and I'm a clinical psychologist from the MIND PSAT. So there are various ways to practice mindfulness. One example of a mindfulness activity is called the five senses activity. The goal is to bring your attention to the present moment by focusing on the things that you can see, hear, smell, taste and touch in your current environment. So let's begin. Look around you. Try to identify and name five things that you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And that's it. If your mind starts to wander, gently bring your focus back to your senses. All right, guys, so give these techniques a shot and tell us how they work out for you. We'll also be following this episode with a mindfulness meditation in case you need a guiding voice to practice these skills. Stay tuned for that and check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's called What's on Our Minds YouTube for more fun information, interviews, and resources. Speak to you soon.